My name is Jake Foster, and I'm a reporter at Clarksville Now, where each week our team of experienced journalists write about the latest happenings in and around Clarksville. We cover it all from the latest restaurant openings to breaking news about our government, schools, and community leaders. Whether you're new to Clarksville or have lived here for the past 50 plus years, I'm sure something has piqued your interest this week. Here are the top stories trending right now on ClarksvilleNow.com. This is your week, your news, a Clarksville Now original podcast. I'm Jake Foster alongside me, Chris Smith, Editor-in-Chief, Clarksville Now. Hey, Jake. Hey, Chris. And uh, we welcome back Katie Gamble, General Manager here at Five Star. Hello. Happy to be back. And we welcome back uh, Ryan Pluckelman, Operations Manager here at Five Star. Hello. Good to see you guys again. Yeah. Did you guys do anything fun last week? Uh, I went to the TSSAA State Wrestling Championship. That's oh. a lot of letters. That's a lot. Tennessee <laughs> State. Secondary schools. That's exactly what association. it is. That's exactly what it is. I think yeah. Katie actually had more fun than I did last week. I actually went to uh, D.C. with the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters to lobby on Congress about broadcast issues. Oh, wow. And I'm exhausted. Yeah, that sounds exhausting. I'm actually tired just hearing all of that. <laughs> Did so, you have to twist some arms and no, make some backroom deals? But I'll tell you a true, embarrassing, funny story. So I was so exhausted last night. And, you know, of course, my flight gets delayed coming back because of all the storms. And I'm not going to name the congressman, but I had a meeting with him yesterday. Well, I just all I could think about was I am getting on that plane and I am going to sleep. So I get on the plane. I crawl over this gentleman, get to the window. I go to sleep. I don't even remember the plane taking off. Land in Nashville. It's about 11 o'clock last night. And I look over and I was like, oh, we met today, didn't we? So I don't know if I was snoring next to this congressman <laughs> that I met with or not. He's got drool stains he on said, his uh, shoulders. I thought that was you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. That's funny. Not a finer moment. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome. Well, great to have you both back. And uh, we'll go ahead and run down our first headline. Uh, EV battery supplier Dongwa Electrolyte to open $70 million plant in Clarksville. So we have a brand new uh, electric supplier coming to Clarksville. And Chris, you sent me something this week that was really beneficial because they're going to be manufacturing electrolytes used in lithium batteries. And, you know, for months we've been hearing more about these battery plants and, you know, people come up to us all the time and they're like, well, what part of the battery is this? How does a battery work? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm not a chemist. Uh, but you found a really good uh, diagram of that this week and, and how a lithium battery works. Yeah. And I tried to recreate it by drawing it out on my notepad like I would if I were in a high school chemistry class. <laughs> but I never took high school chemistry, so it's even worse than that. Um, but yeah, it, it, I, to, if I can explain this in the simplest terms, battery has three or well, four main parts. There's an anode. There's a cathode, and then there's electrolyte, which is the material in between the anode mm-hmm. and the cathode. And then there's a separator in between the three. So right. um, the lithium ions move back and forth between the anode and the cathode when you're charging or recharging, um, or charging or expending energy. Um, and so LG Chem is going to make cathodes. All right. And Donghua is going to make electrolyte. Interesting. I was. I just assumed it's two different companies making batteries. I didn't realize they were making different components of a battery. Yes. Interesting. So they're not going to. We're actually not making the batteries here. We're making the things that go in the batteries, and then somewhere else they'll be assembling them. Mm-hmm. And Microvast is doing battery assembly, but I'm not sure specifically if they are putting together the anode, cathode, electrolyte, and separator. So we've got the anode. 
And the electrolyte. We do not have the anode. We, we need an anode plant. We've got the cathode and the electrolyte. Now we need an anode plant. Yeah, just like we need a Trader Joe's. We need an anode. <laughs> People are clamoring for a Trader Joe's. need to start clamoring for an anode yeah. plant. And then we've got the company to put them together. So we just need the one more piece. Mm-hmm. Hey, I bet it's coming. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. You never know. That's how rumors get started anyway. Well, no, because you think about every week we've done this, there's been some new massive... Right? Building project announced. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I can't wait till next week when, when uh, some anode play, plant's <laughs> going to open up and then Chris can give us his diagram again. That's right. I thought anodes were something up in your nose. Uh, that like it's it? nostrils, I think. No, it's uh, <laughs> a- abnoids. Adenoids. Yeah. I think those are actually in your throat. Okay. Never Probably. mind. We need to get a doctor on this show. Yeah, no, get, I'm off subject. I thought it was a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you that when I first saw the headline, like many people, you know, who see Clarksville Now stories, I just saw the headline. And so I based everything I knew on the story off the headline. And I thought Dong Hua was like a Chinese Gatorade. Because I saw electrolytes, oh, and I'm like, is yeah. there going to be a sports drink factory mm. in Clarksville? And then I realized that, no, Dong Hua's not. Yeah, a Chinese Gatorade, it has to do with electric batteries. You probably you, uh, don't want to drink this stuff. You no. think <laughs> that, you know, they say that most people make judgment on an article before they read the article. He makes judgment before he even reads a whole headline. Because exactly. it says EV battery supplier. <laughs> I didn't get to that he part. He missed. No, it's the beginning. He missed it. He just skipped over it, went to the electrolyte. <laughs> so it's not, they're not making sports drink, just so yeah. everybody knows. Mm-hmm. It could have been uh, Japanese mayonnaise. You never know, because we do have a QP coming. That's here, right. So That's it, right. It, it is. It is easy to confuse. Uh, this is going to be awesome, though. It's mm-hmm. a seventy million dollar investment. It's going to be a manufacturing plant providing sixty eight jobs that pay fifty five thousand dollars to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars per mm-hmm. year. And this is excellent because this is something that the the IDB and the EDC have really been working hard at, and that's getting um, higher end jobs into Clarksville, higher paying jobs into Clarksville. So the lowest job on this totem pole here is going to pay $55,000, which is really incredible. And, you know, it's going to support efforts already going on at LG Kim and Microvast. And the EDC is really excited about it. And the thing that I found really cool, especially in this battery education portion, is I, I had no idea how much power, like, a battery has as far as, like, charging goes. Mm-hmm. And the diagram that we saw... Because, you know, your battery, your phone is a lithium battery. It runs out of battery and you charge it and magically it has power again. Um, But those ions are moving in through that electrode. So this is going to be a very important part of that process. Uh, but it's it'll be interesting to see what what all jobs come out of that. Uh, they'll be producing, I think, 80,000 tons of electrolytes, which is a lot of tons. Mm-hmm. That, yes, that is, Jake. They ought to be 80, plenty hydrated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's interesting to see that Clarksville is becoming almost Battery City USA. Mm-hmm. You know, we've mm-hmm. got these different components and these huge factories coming here to build these components. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the mm-hmm. road to the future goes through Clarksville. Yeah, we need a sports team called the Chargers. We do, or something. <laughs> right? Now, the that's, now that's clever, Chris. My hometown yeah. actually has a sports team called the Chargers. Oh, it's already taken. Dang it. Dang it. That little lightning bolt is their symbol. Honestly, as fast as we're growing in Clarksville, I mean, they're getting ready to to open Kirkwood High School next year. There's going to be another high school they're going to build. There will be a Clarksville Chargers mm-hmm. high school team at some point. Yeah, there would have to be. 
And then um, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next headline. TDOT cites communication breakdown between contractors for Clarksburg sign air. Okay, you guys were here last week to talk about Clarksburg, so I, I got to hear your thoughts on this. I assume you both uh, saw the article. Oh, I saw the article. I have not seen the actual sign, but I was. Uh, it was pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, Jake and I drove through Nashville the the day that um uh, I guess is the day after they put the sign up. Yeah, it was, it was last Thursday. After. And um yeah, Jake took a photo um as we were driving by and we just couldn't believe somebody actually did that. You know, because you would think that the people who were installing it, I mean, mistakes can happen, but sure. you would think that at some point somebody would say, "Wait, Clarksburg? That's not Clarksburg, but maybe they." Close enough. (laughs) Well, the person that was doing it, are they even from this area? I mean, that's just it. You don't know where that could be off in Timbuktu. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's where the communication breakdown kind of started. This was contracted out. Okay. And that's where TDOT said the communication breakdown happened is they hired a contractor who hired a subcontractor. So likely the people that put the sign up weren't even from here. Weren't even from here. Right. Yeah. So what happened was somewhere between the contractor and the subcontractor, either someone's handwriting was so bad that they couldn't tell a bill from a Berg or they typed it in wrong. I hate to say that if I was driving through there, I know this makes me sound like such a blonde moment. I probably would have thought, I wonder where Clarksburg is. It wouldn't even have dawned on me. It probably wouldn't have dawned on me. Clarksville has a Clarksburg nearby? What are they? I would have thought. I would have thought. I wonder if there's some small community somewhere along the way that I never heard of. I don't know. Clarksville gets all the good things, even the Clarksburg. Who's going to steal that? Who gets the sign, though? I think That's we true. get the sign because yeah. well, they're going to take it down. Apparently, they didn't take it down. They just put change the letters. They just put a vill on top of bird. No, yeah, yeah. They put a sticker over. They put it? a sticker on it. Wow. Well, I don't know what you know. I'm what kind There's of really sticker nothing was. that duct tape doesn't fix. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually okay with that because who knows how much taxpayer dollars a sign would cost? So mm-hmm. you can probably change those letters out fairly easily. I bet mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I learned, by the way, because Katie did express a concern that a lot of people online expressed of, oh, there goes more tax dollars being used to correct the sign. Apparently, the subcontractor and the contractor have to cover the cost themselves of screwing up the signs. So don't worry, folks. Your tax dollars are not going to fix the Clarksburg bumble. Yeah, not going to Clarksburg. (laughs) And I think TDOT was really hesitant to talk about this, you know, as as they would be. Did you uh, call them? I did. I called the. I did. I called them. They didn't answer. And then they sent me an email. So we did the initial article last Thursday, and then they spoke with WKRN News Two this week, which is where we got some additional information from about where the mistake actually happened. Because I don't think last week they actually had it figured out yet. I think they were still working with their contractors because it was a relatively new mistake. Um, but that Thursday that we put out the article, it was fixed by that Thursday night. They had it fixed. Uh, but uh, Rebecca Hammonds, a spokesperson for Region 3 of TDOT, said at the end of the day, the buck stops at us. We know that it's our responsibility no matter who put it up or didn't. So they did take responsibility for it. And I people like make mistakes. That. Yeah. I like that. I like that when people just say it's our fault, we'll mm-hmm. fix it instead of blaming everybody else. I respect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you guys weren't here last week. But I was in such a hurry to put that article up, I misspelled T-dot. I did see oh, that yeah. on Facebook. How did you spell T-dot? And then Chris <laughs> Smith kept changing his name on uh, the comments. Yeah. So Chris, what would you call yourself? Smithberg. Smithberg. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. That was funny. Yeah. How did you misspell, misspell T-dot? Well, I was trying not to spell, and, and, and Chris can attest to this, ever since I moved here, I keep calling it N-dot, because that's what Indiana's... Okay, gotcha. De- Department yeah. of Transportation was yeah. was I N D O T. So I've I've been typing in dot until about five months ago, and then 
I misspelled T dot trying to spell T dot, if that makes sense. Gotcha. So, mistakes gotcha. happen, but gotcha. it was fixed. So. Oh, they were all over you on Facebook. <laughs> yes, they were. Yes, they were. Yeah. And, and rightly so. And rightly so. I should have had it spelled correctly. Did your so. wife have to say, tell you, like, Jake, put the phone down. They're going to still make fun of you. No. Yeah. Chris, the phone. I was sitting there. I was like, oh, my gosh, you're tearing me apart. Like, <laughs> Mr. Chris Smithberg was uh, his advocate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so see how they like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say that this whole Clarksburg sign mix up has given you two at Clarksville now the best April Fool's joke possibility mm, ever. Yeah. To, to call it Clarksburg.com for Clarksburg. one day. Clarksburg.com. Oh, that's hilarious. But yeah. now nobody would believe it because you just told them. Well, I mean, I'm just assuming not everybody. I know everybody listens <laughs> to this podcast for Jake Foster. But sure. In case, you know, but in case nobody missed it, you know. Oh, that would be funny. Yeah. Mm. Clarksburgnow.com. Clarksburg. We better buy that domain name and make okay. sure it routes back to ClarksvilleNow.com. Somebody get Chance on the phone right now. It's going to be another six months before the website's up, but, but we'll it'll be there. It. We'll get it. ClarksburgNow.com. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on to our next headline. Ten women to remember as part of Clarksville history. This was a really cool piece. I feel like I really learned a lot. Uh, Chris, you actually put this together. You want to talk a little bit about uh, about this? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we had just done a piece on black leaders for um, Black History Month, and we were looking at uh, women's history. And I thought, oh, well, here's a really good opportunity to to do a little bit more research and um, just come, see if we can come up with, you know, 10 uh, women who are really influential in Clarksville's history. Mm-hmm. Um, my only caveat is that they actually have to have done their work here in Clarksville, not just somebody who lived here for six months and then moved yeah. you know, before there were one. Um, and also that, um, that they're dead, um, because, you know, <laughs> then you get into weird, you know, um, then you get into aunt Maisie's cousins. Right. Uncles. Yeah. 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 So, so, for, so, right. uh, late, uh, women who, um, had a big influence on Clarksville's camp with a list of 10 and a couple, you know, a lot of them were the, the people you would expect, you know, Pat Summit, Wilma Rudolph, that kind of thing. Um, but there were some that I came across, so, you know, nobody's really talked enough about these particular women. Um, one of them was, a uh, Minnie Barksdale. Um, who was the publisher of the Leaf Chronicle in the 1920s after her husband died. Um, she became publisher, and then she was named president of the Southern Newspaper Association. I think I got that name right. Yeah, and that was actually the one that stuck out to me, mainly because she was originally from Indiana, which is where I'm from. Hey. So. Fellow Hoosier there. She knows how to spell in dot. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> she sure does. <laughs> um, I was, I, I've been staring at her name, actually, the whole time you've been talking. How the heck do you say her first name? Is it Will... Wilhelmina? Wilhelmina mm-hmm. Minnie Sickenberger Barksdale? That's a lot, isn't it? That's yeah. a long name. Now, was she who Barksdale Elementary was named after? Yes, same family. Okay. Is my, is my understanding. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and then her uh, son um, became mayor. Oh, okay. Same family. Um, but at, at, she went into, briefly went into retirement, and then she came back and started the Clarksville Star, which was a newspaper here for about eight years or so before she retired. Okay. I think I've heard about so that. It was kind of cool. And she also um, hosted the first women's suffragist uh, meeting in Clarksville uh, to try to get women the right to vote. She mm-hmm. was really active in um, local uh, suffragist politics. And I think another cool thing, too, is everybody probably knew who Wilma Rudolph was. I didn't. All, yeah. all, the only thing I knew about Wilma Rudolph is that's where I get stuck in traffic on my way home every day. So it yeah. was really cool to learn about her as well. Well, I think you're right. And I was going to say that there's a whole generation of people. I think we, we assume everybody knows who everybody is, right? Yeah, You've seen the statue true. down at the Yeah, but we're growing. Center. There's a lot of new people here that don't mm-hmm. know the history or that Wilma Rudolph is more than a really congested road. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole generation of people that don't know. Wilma Rudolph was the fastest woman on planet Earth in the 1960s. I mean, who had polio? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And had to mm-hmm. take trips to Nashville on the bus with her mom to get treatment. Wow. And just the fact that the first woman to win three gold medals in one Olympics. Like, she was not like, oh, well, she won a bronze. No, she was the best Olympian for the United States during her time period. Mm-hmm. Well, and what I love about her story is a lot of people who suffered an illness like that could have just felt sorry for themselves, you know, used that as an excuse. Now, she went on and did something pretty amazing that is totally contrary to what her illness said she could do. Absolutely. Yeah. The other cool thing about um, about Wilma Rudolph is she's not, she wasn't just an athlete. She was also a local civil rights leader in mm-hmm. that when she came back to Clarksville, they wanted to hold a parade. And like anything else during that period of time, it was going to be segregated because everything was segregated. And she said, if it's going to be a segregated parade, I'm not going to take part. Good for her. So she yeah. insisted that it be an integrated event and it was Clarksville's first public integrated event. Wow. Actually, I did not know that. Yeah, that is, cool. Yeah, that is really cool. That is really cool to learn that. Mm-hmm. So many interesting women that you probably don't know about in that article. The other one was um, the the woman who did the advice column. Yeah. Dorothy Dix. I had no idea. The first ever like advice column. Yeah. The, the before, fans, yeah. before there was Dear Abby, there was Dorothy Dix. She was the predecessor to mm-hmm. Dear Abby. Um, and she uh, had, a, when she died, she had the, was the widest circulation of any writer in America. 60 million people yeah. read her stuff. Yeah. 60 million readers. Yeah. That's a lot of readers. Highest paid journalist too, which Mm. is cool. But uh, yeah, if you you haven't had a chance to check out that article, if you're listening, definitely go check it out because there was a lot to learn from that, especially if you're new to Clarksville or have been here and just didn't know some of these things. Now you're doing these series every month. What's the next one coming up? Oh gosh. Oh, (laughs) I know you got a plan. It's going to start with uh, the number 10. Oh, okay. It's good for April <laughs> Fools to be the biggest fools in Clarksville, and I better not be on that list. I am the top of the list, and do not take that honor away from me. <laughs> but each month we tackle a, a different list of ten things, and um, uh, we started with veterans, and then we did ten under forty, uh-huh. uh, and then we did um, the uh, ten black leaders of Clarksville, and um, I think I'm missing one in there somewhere, um, and then the ten uh, women in Clarksville. I think you should do ten over forty. Why do we get denied our top 10 list? Because everybody over 40. knows the 10 over 40. Any, anybody in Clarksville can rattle off 10 people over 40 who have done amazing, awesome You could things. probably do 100 you, people over 40. You, you over 40 people are already recognized. I just want to have the potential <laughs> to make a list, okay? Well, you can make a list. Right. I'm stopping you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to get Ryan a list. Somebody okay. get him a pen and paper. Give me a list now. Stat. All right. We'll move on to our next headline. This one I'm really excited to talk about. Next headline reads, Good and Messy. Big Dog Kitchen offers Jamaican-American infusion cuisine hot off the grill. I think I'm becoming a food blogger in Clarksville because I have been doing so many restaurant articles lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've been really fun to do because I get People to go love in and check too. all these. Yeah, I get, I get to go in and check out all these places. And if you look at this image... Uh, the and it's a, it's a really great way to help small businesses. Oh, absolutely. I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. But if you look at this featured image on this article, it looks delicious. doesn't look delicious now because we just had a huge potluck, but it looks amazing. And everything at this restaurant is cooked on a grill. Everything. Well, except for the pasta that's boiled. You can't really grill pasta. I think you could probably, probably figure out a way can to grill you? pasta. Maybe you can. I don't know. Ah. You can try. <laughs> uh, he said the only thing that are fried are the wings and fries, but everything else is grilled. It's all fresh ingredients. The owner's name is Odane Lindo, and he is actually from Jamaica, but he grew up here in Clarksville. And this business, Big Dog Kitchen, started out as a food truck in North Carolina. 
He decided to bring it back home. So it's been a food truck around here for probably the last three years. And then they uh, just opened the brick and mortar shop uh, about a month and a half ago. He said, I wanted to do something quick and easy. We worked at a lot of breweries and things like that because that's big in North Carolina. But I grew up in Clarksville and a lot of my friends wanted me to come back and bring that same flavor and taste to Clarksville. Where can you find Big Dog's Kitchen, Jake? It's at 555, which is really interesting, 555 Dover Road. Mm-hmm. And it's just a little hole-in-the-wall place. So, you know, if you, if you drive by... Those are my favorite. Yeah, and it's, it, mm-hmm. it really is amazing. That's the way they described it as a hole-in-the-wall place. Mm-hmm. So if, if you drive by, you're likely to miss it. Uh, so plug it into your GPS. Make sure you don't miss it because it smells and looks incredible. And the, the, the reviews have been phenomenal. Of course, we don't do restaurant reviews, but I've yet to see one negative review from this place. Uh, but I think it's also something that Clarksville really doesn't have a lot of. Jamaican American infusion. Mm-hmm. Don't really see any of that. I think I'm gonna have to go track and try it out because I'm not even sure I know what Jamaican American infusion. Well, have you had Jamaican jerk chicken? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess it'd be some of that flavor profile, I would imagine. Yeah. So he said the most popular things they do quesadillas, uh, jerk chicken, Alfredo pasta, Cajun pasta. So taking American foods but putting a Jamaican flavor to it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's a lot of that infusion going on. Well, yeah, you would know culture. because you are the food expert. At That's Clarksville. true, exactly. <laughs> you know, so there should be a badge for that on Facebook. You know what I love? When I moved here 17 years ago, there were not a lot of local, mm. even mom and pop places, and I love that they're really starting to open. But not only that, they're surviving and doing well, and the community support them. Yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. A lot of variety, and I think a lot of that comes back to the COVID pandemic because I noticed coming out of that, still coming out of that that there's a whole new appreciation for supporting small businesses after so many had to close mm-hmm. and so many were shut down. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think if there was, if we could say this one good thing to come out of the COVID pandemic, it was a whole new appreciation for, for local businesses. Mm-hmm. And this is no exception. One thing that I found really interesting was the big dog basket. That's like their main thing. Okay. That's what they're known for. What's in the big dog basket. It features wings, loaded fries, which there's a picture of the loaded fries in the article, mm-hmm. and they look delicious. And a meltdown. A meltdown oh. is the thing that tops this basket off. Not the thing that Ryan has on Thursday <laughs> afternoons at three. I wanted to say more funny things. <laughs> now, there's probably more cheese in this one. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> a meltdown, and this is the way he described it to me. A meltdown is basically a burger, but instead of all the extra condiments and, and things like that, you know, ketchup, mustard, pickles, you have the burger, the grilled mm-hmm. onions, yeah. and then you have the big dog sauce, which is their house sauce, all right. and the lamb chop sauce, which they also make. And it's basically like a smash burger, and he described it as good and messy. Oh, I love something hmm. that just like runs down the side of your yeah. cheek. It's so good, you know? He's like, you get sauce all over your that arms grease, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. He says it's good comfort food, which sounds like good comfort food. But they're open for dine-in and carry-out Tuesday through Sunday from noon to 7. They're actually going to extend their hours this summer until 10 o'clock, which will be really nice. I feel like more places need to be open later at night yeah, in Clarksville. Mm-hmm. Have some- you learned, by the way, from your mistake with the peach cobbler place? Did you actually try some of the food when you were there? I'm not allowed. Well, no, you, you go in there and do your story, and you get your little notebook. Mm-hmm. And you write down your little stuff, your little jot down your little notes. Why aren't you allowed? Well, I'm allowed to, but we can't, like, accept... I, yeah. I, I, oh, you I, can't accept it because yeah. it would be in, for integrity. Right, exactly. okay. right, yeah. right, right. But I always try to put out the article first okay. and then go back and try it because I don't want it to be like I'm reviewing it. As a person who has no Actually, integrity. Actually, I appreciate I that and that's smart. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. I think you're right. But as a person who doesn't have any integrity, I was just really disappointed that you didn't. <laughs> 
at least sample some of these things. But are you going to go back and try these things? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because how can you? That's that's got that's not easy to go into these places where the food just smells fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, hey, so uh, what's, what, why'd you want to start this restaurant? You got to smell that yeah. for a half hour while you're interviewing somebody. No, I mean, it takes a lot to say no because people would be like, hey, do you want this? Do you want this? We be like... No, it's like they're trying to sell me drugs or something. Like, no, I no. said no. <laughs> no means no. I think I would have a hard time with that meltdown though, because I don't like getting messy. Oh, you oh, don't? Yeah. You could probably no, eat it with doesn't. a knife and fork. Yeah. I think there's an elegant mm. way to approach that. I can totally see Chris with a knife and fork eating this thing, <laughs> and everyone around just looking at him. Because I bet you, let me ask you, do you eat pizza with a knife and fork? Sometimes. <laughs> Wow. Uh, that was not, not the answer. I if it's really, if it's really gooey, or if it's really hot, and I don't want to burn my fingers. What about the beer cheese at Black Horse? I very delicately apply my chip, and then I sort of hold my hand underneath it to make sure I don't spill any on myself. Very gracefully. <laughs> delicate. I've he had used the word delicately. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah unless I've delicate. had three or four Hefeweizens, and then all bets are off. I'm surprised he doesn't take a chip and then take a butter knife and dip it into the sauce and then apply oh, yeah. it nicely to his chip. <laughs> like spread it like a cracker. <laughs> yeah. That would be so elegant. Uh-oh. That's hilarious. Uh, we, we didn't even talk about this with this business. There's actually th- three people that run this business, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a neat story how it got started. When O'Dane came back was running the food truck, he was he he wanted to go brick and mortar, and he had a friend named Christian, who had just partnered up with this guy named Davy Allen, who owned this building, mm-hmm. and so Davy brings Christian on as his business partner, introduces him to O'Dane, and then the three are like, let's just do this, like let's just all all do this together. So they it's basically split three ways between these guys, but O'Dane, which you'll see in the picture in the uh, navy blue T-shirt, he is the uh, chef and the the master behind the creations and the and the big dog basket and things like that. So it's kind of a neat way it got started. I do mm. like that. Mm-hmm. Very good. And then moving on, we'll talk about food a little bit more. Of course. Our next headline reads, Joe's Garage Restaurant, first floor of Shelby's Trio, opens with Mustangs on display. And of course, there's several photos you can check out in the article. This place looks really, really cool. It's very trendy. Mm-hmm. It is. And... Uh, Shelby's trio in itself is really cool because it doesn't matter what you're craving. You could just roll up to Shelby's trio and go to one of the three floors. And I'm sure you could find something Mm -hmm. to satisfy your appetite because you've got Joe's garage on the first level. You've got, uh, I'm not Italian. Yeah, exactly what he said on the second level. And then you've got skyline 500 Clarksville's first rooftop bar, which we talked about in our first Mm -hmm. episode. Um, you've got that on the top level. So this is the bottom level and it just opened and it is really cool. One of the, Lee was actually the one that covered this, Lee Irwin. And one of the first things I asked him was how they got the Mustangs in there. They have a big door. They, they have, have a big door? They have mm-hmm. big okay, garage doors, yeah. Gotcha. What I did learn in there, because they have, they have a section where they have these old muscle cars, because they, they love to collect these, these Shelby mm-hmm. Cobras and these Shelby Mustangs. And so they had to put a special tint on the windows to keep the sun from wearing mm-hmm. on the paint. And they oh. actually have air conditioning units nearby so it doesn't get too hot in that area that makes complete sense yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty cool i guess they have a bunch of them so they're going to rotate different cars oh in and well, out. that's nice yeah wow i would be so nervous walking through there like if i had a drink or something and then i just trip and then you spill it on the car they don't like, let you drink by the cars jake okay it's not like a, <laughs> hey, hey here's a beer go sit in the shelby that's not what it is <laughs> 
I would that, that I would definitely be one of those people. Who'd be like, hey, can I sit in the Shelby with this no, with this IPA? The answer is no. <laughs> the answer is don't even ask. <laughs> <laughs> like, actually, don't even look at the car. So right. now the Joe's Garage is more your American mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. Then you've got your Italian fine mm-hmm. dining, and then at the rooftop you've got obviously a bar and some some tapas. The tapas. Um, Katie, I'm going to ask you this question because I know Chris won't know. And I know that Jake won't know. Lord, I hope I know then. Are you putting because, me on the well, spot? No, because you are the most in the know person right uh, now. Now I'm really on the spot. You know, I mean, this is Katie knows. Are these, are these trios? Is this a, a trend other places where people build buildings with like three different restaurants in them? Or is this kind of a new idea? I've never heard of this before. I don't know. The answer to that, but I will tell you that I have never seen it before. I think mm-hmm. that it is a concept that the Mainers probably created on their own. And um, I know that we when we've talked about this before, originally the whole restaurant idea was because it was always kind of Kathy Maynard's dream to own her own restaurant. So this is her husband Joe's way of making her dreams come true. Mm-hmm. So I um, assume that the whole concept of the muscle cars was their passion of race cars. Yeah. I think that's where that comes from. But um, even in other cities, like I haven't seen three different restaurants like that. So, but it's a really cool concept. Yeah. And Joe's Garage has all the goodies. They've got eight different types of burgers, uh, Philly cheese steaks. They've also got fish and chips, which is good. I like some good fish and chips. Now, there was a dance club in the 1990s that I used to go to in Atlanta (laughs) called the masquerade and the top floor was top 40, you know, Britney Spears stuff, whatever. And then the middle floor was rap, as I recall. And then the (laughs) bottom floor was a techno club. And that's the one that my girlfriend and I would go to. Isn't there a bar like that? I think there's a bar like that in downtown Nashville. And I, is it Acme? I don't remember. I think so. Acme Boot? No, 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 Acme Feed and Seed. Yeah. Acme Feed and Seed. Yeah, that's a well, similar. Is it, is, is it's a similar that? concept. It's different stories, and each story is like a different thing. But it's not a different restaurant. It's got mm. like a bar and then a restaurant similar to that. Yeah. What you're talking about. I just am now picturing Chris at a three-level dance club. Yeah, this podcast is over. I mean, Chris used to be quite the party animal. Leave him alone. Hey, it was 1990. What you was know? your move? The sprinkler? Was that your, <laughs> your top move? More like a Charlie Brown kind of thing. Uh, what is a Charlie Brown? Don't ask okay. him to show you. I have to see the sprinkler the podcast, now. So. Uh, I don't. Have I don't you not know seen the sprinkler? Oh, well, this is okay. this is a podcast. No, 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 no. It's a podcast. No, I wanted Chris you... to do it, not you. Okay. All right. He doesn't know how to do the sprinkler. Apparently He's going to learn before the next video y'all do. <laughs> I think I think there needs to be a Clarkson Out instructional video by Chris Smith on how to do the sprinkler. Oh, well. I think that's the next That's the next thing. I had three basic dances. I know what the sprinkler is. <laughs> yeah, the sprinkler. Oh, okay. Yeah. See yeah. that yeah. one? Yeah. The sprinkler. <laughs> The shopping cart and the lawnmower. Those are my three basic dances. Okay, never heard of shopping cart and lawnmower, but... I'll right. show you someday. Oh, cool. I <laughs> would rather... I might not want to know. <laughs> oh, well. So they do burgers, too. It's kind of... A, it's Americana food, yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. America, uh, yeah. Americana food. And burgers this seems to be the one that most people seem to be most excited about because, um, you know, a, f- a fine uh, Italian restaurant is a cool thing to have yeah. for date night and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think your average Clarksville family is looking for casual yeah. American dining and that's yeah. what Joe's garage it seems is like have. a good lunch place too mm-hmm. and if you and your spouse can't figure out where to go one of you could just eat on one floor and the other could eat on the other there that's you always, go that's always an option kind of like going to the movies yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where you split up I'm gonna go see Twilight <laughs> <laughs>
You go see whatever else. You can't right. share popcorn when you go into different theaters, though. That's true. Well, that's great because you get your own popcorn, and then you mm-hmm. don't have to share. I think, I think it's the fights of the foster house. <laughs> like, I want my own popcorn, honey. <laughs> that was an argument, actually, just this last weekend. She's like, will you split a bag of popcorn with me? I was like, no, nah, I think I'll have my own bag. She's like, well, why won't you split a bag with me? That was legitimately, it was hilarious. Man. Yeah. They say wow. romance is dead, but it's alive and well. <laughs> Jake not wanting to share a bag right. of popcorn. You're such a gentleman, wow. Jake. Exactly. Ooh, yeah. The ladies yeah. are swooning. Exactly. Yeah, wife's grubby fingers all over your popcorn. Oh Don't tell gosh. me you're that weirdo, too. And see, I like I like ranch seasoning on my popcorn, whereas my wife doesn't. So there's there's, there's no. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. We could do a whole series on how you like your popcorn, but we probably need to move on before we go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll close with this on this one. Joe's Garage is open seven days a week, which is really cool, from 11 a.m. until 10, Sunday through Thursday from 11 to 11, and on Friday and Saturday from 11 to 11. So plenty of time to check out Joe's Garage. All right. And uh, speaking of the Maynards, we'll move into uh, sports. Maynards of Clarksville gear up for JCM Racing's first full season with National Hot Rod Association. This is a story that Christian Brown's been working on, our sports reporter, And this is really cool, and I wish I could say I'm into racing and that I'm in the know when it comes to racing, but honestly, I'm not. So I wasn't even sure what the National Hot Rod Association was until Christian did this article. Um, But apparently it was was Joe and Kathy's dream, another one of their dreams, to own a restaurant and a uh, racing team. So they're actually fulfilling two of their lifelong dreams in in the same year, which is pretty cool. Um, so, so good for those guys, definitely. Um, in July 22, the Maynards became majority owners of NHRA Racing Team after negotiating to expand their partnership with Don Schumacher Racing. I think I said that name right. Yeah. So I don't know much about this this racing other than the cars are really long. And they have oh, it's small drag wheels. racing. Yeah, yeah drag, it's drag racing. Yeah, drag okay. racing, yeah. But um, it, it is pretty interesting. I look forward to seeing this race car in action. Uh, the couple have gone on to expand their racing operations during 2023. The Maynards became co-owners of Tim Wilk- uh, Wilkerson's funny car operation. So they've been doing this kind of stuff for, for quite some time. Uh, Maynard said he's been clear about his expectations for his team ahead of the 23, 24 season. JCM racing has a goal of winning two rounds per race on average for each team. I guess that's a good goal. Like I said, I'm not a racing guy. Maynard added that each team has set a goal of winning four races during the season ahead. So they've got their goals. They've got their car. They've got their sponsorship. They're ready to go. It's pretty amazing how fast these things go and how quick they get going fast. This is, you know, this is American racing at its finest going very fast in a straight line. That's well, what it and is. there's different races all around the country. Mm-hmm. So these teams travel from all around the country racing. And obviously the goal is that they win the more money. If they win, they get more money. Mm-hmm. So, and they have sponsors on them and it's a big deal. And pretty cool. I mean, it's it's you're moving fast in those things. Yeah, I don't even know how fast they go. Faster than Chris's Honda Civic. <laughs> Quite a bit. They move. Yeah. I had a couple of friends in elementary school that did like youth drag racing. And they were really into it. And this is like a culture. Racing is a culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, NASCAR it is. is its own culture. Yeah. Not a culture I'm a part of, but um, culture nonetheless. My grandfather actually pitted for Rick Mears. I guess that was a NASCAR guy. I don't know who that is, but my mom told me that the other day when I was telling her about this. So that seemed that seemed important enough. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> you didn't want to Google that. No, no, I didn't really feel like it, but um, <laughs> should be pretty fun. So continuing Clarksville's racing history, because there's, you know, Clarksville's not this is not Clarksville's first connection to auto racing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jeff Purvis being, you know, big uh, stock car and 
truck driver for a while. NASCAR. Yeah, yeah, it's a stock car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet I could. Cool. I bet I could be a race car driver. I probably could. I've seen the way you drive. Katie knows how to drive in and out. There's I speed. am not an in and out driver. I don't like to. I would prefer just to get in the traffic in the lane that I'm in and just get where I'm going. I do feel like I'm in a race car sometimes when I'm in Clarksville because I feel like I got to beat the other person in the other lane. Yeah, you're well, I'm not going to get in the other lane. Yeah, yeah. And there's always seems to be a race to the next stoplight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I love it when somebody zooms past me. And then we're at the same stoplight looking at each other. Again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's right. like we just did this yeah. twice, you know. Very cool. So good week for the Maynards. Yeah, yeah. Very good week for the Maynards. Three new restaurants, essentially, and a uh, racing team. So um, we're still talking about sports. So we'll move on to this next headline. Middle school football returns. And this is, this is pretty big. Clarksville, Montgomery County brings it back after 43-year timeout. And middle school sports, I'm not a sports guy, but I definitely see how middle school sports can be important. In the community that I was living at before, we went through something similar where we didn't have middle school sports mm-hmm. for a while. And they're not only bringing back football, though, they're bringing back volleyball, cross country, because I think the only thing they had was basketball, correct? Yep. Yes. Yeah, that's right. They got rid of it all in um, the 1980-81 uh, school year when they transitioned from a junior high system to the middle school system. And the uh, basically the football team didn't make the transition, um, just the basketball that they had intended to bring back football, but it just never happened and never happened. And then they just kind of seemed to give up on it. Um, the interesting thing, though, is John Miller, who was the source for the story with Christian, and he's um, I can't remember what his title is. Um, he's basically um, um, heading up athletics for the school system and um, district it, programs and activities coordinator. There you go. His title. Um, his father was Johnny Miller, Sr., who um, had pushed for this back in the late 80s when he was the school's director. He unsuccessfully tried to get middle school sports brought back, and now it ended up being his son who pulled it off. So do we know why they actually canceled it back then? Um, I mean, I think it was just a matter of, you know, they were going from having, what was I think, two junior highs, the, the it Greenwood was a, it was Junior a High, and from Pro- I, Providence Junior High, mm-hmm. and they switched to middle schools, and I think they opened additional middle schools, and it was mm-hmm. a matter of, you know, how are we going to build fields, how are we going to provide the, the gear and all that, and it just became more of a nightmare than anybody wanted to deal with. And then it was just too expensive to deal with. Yeah, I, I had heard it had something to do with funds. Mm-hmm. So... Is the school system's budget going to fund these teams now? Apparently so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so the most important reason for returning to middle school sports is the impact it has on kids. That's what John Miller said. So it is coming back, and I think a lot more people are realizing the impact of local sports on kids. So I think schools are being more apt to fund these programs. Well, what's happening now is a lot of these kids are playing baseball or whatever, but they have to go play on these travel teams, mm-hmm. which then cost money. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting the diversity on these teams that you otherwise might get right. because it t- takes a lot of money out of parents' pockets. Mm-hmm. So then there becomes this unfair advantage for, you know, children who come from wealthier families. So it's even more important, in my opinion, for even some of the, the kids that don't have those opportunities because this is their chance to be a part of a team and have acceptance and to, you know, maybe take a different path or whatever that they might not get them off the streets or whatever, where they might not otherwise have that opportunity. Yeah, there was some confusion to um, online when we were talking about that, when we had the story up that um, people were saying, well, wait a minute, I played middle school football, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. What, that math doesn't add up. 
and the thing, what they're doing is they're playing junior pro. Yes. Um, it's not the same, right. Which is, you know, a private club that then those clubs are, yes, affiliated in a way with the middle schools. I think they take the name of the mm-hmm. high school team or whatever, but it is not an actual CMCSS, TSSAA approved thing that every student can take part in. Um, this would be actually provided by the school system, not by right. some third party. So the football with the Clarksville Junior professionals the only association they really had with the middle school was the name Mm -hmm. and even then it wasn't like Ridgeview Colts I think that's what they are it was just Colts Mm -hmm. so they didn't even use the name Ridgeview when it came to baseball they might use the name Colts in the colors but it was considered a travel baseball type team Mm -hmm. here's another great thing about it officially being the football team for the middle school coaches and teachers work together with students and if a student's not making the grades in the classroom, that's yeah, when the yeah. teachers and the coaches can work together. Coaches have an incredible influence on kids. And we are blessed at CMCSS to have some life-changing coaches that really do affect in a very positive way the, the students that they come in contact with. But when there was no connection between the program and the school, what can a teacher do if a kid's misbehaving mm-hmm. or not getting the grades? Nothing. Now the coach and the teacher can work together to make sure this kid's not only performing well off the field, but on the field as well. Well, That's middle school to high school is such a difficult time for a lot of kids, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I certainly would not want to be a teenager in this environment with social media yeah. and everything that they have to deal with. So being involved in something and having that extra layer of support I just think it's good because you need a lot. You just, they need a lot of people in their corner nowadays. It's tough out there. Yeah. You need that kind of stuff more in middle school. I think yeah. than you do even in high school, middle school, such a difficult time for so it many sure kids. Is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. You're and trying to figure out who you are and you know, the fifties are a difficult time too. <laughs> <laughs> do we need a middle school? Uh, I, need, 50, I need an intervention. 50 year old football yeah. team for Katie to join. Oh, no, right. <laughs> But no, I think it's a wonderful thing. I think it's only going to, it only, I can only see the positive in that. Well, it makes sense too. The way we build schools here where we've got a middle school next to a high school, we've got that field that is not being used six days out of the week. So you can have a game there on a, on a Thursday night or a Saturday night when the high school team is going to play there on a Friday night, or you, or you offset schedule each other when the high school team's away, the middle school team can use the field when they're not there. Well, and something else is changing this year with high school football. I know mm-hmm. I don't, and I, I'm not going to get all the specifics. So don't go start writing an article about it. Go do your own Put research. Put your pen down, Jake. <laughs> um, this year, the, their games are going to be a little different where, you know, before you played everybody in your conference, it's going to be more inner city. This year. Hmm. Interesting. Just so long as Clarksville High and Rossview played against each they other. They will. The Warfield Shield's happening this year at Clarksville High. I get so excited. My kids. It's inner city. Well, yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure. Because I get so excited about that. <laughs> I want to make sure the city was still there. I want to make sure the city didn't break up. <laughs> <laughs> Having kids that go to CHS, I get so wrapped up in that. And I can't believe. I never thought I'd be that kind of dad that would get wrapped up in high school rivalries. Mm-hmm. But I really do. And mm-hmm. so I'm excited that I'll continue. The other, you know, and this is secondary to the importance of the uh, the programs to the kids, welfare and development and, and all that. But um, this will also help the actual quality of our high school football mm-hmm. teams. Because, yeah. you know, one thing you'll notice if you pay attention to statewide sports is all these other teams from Jackson and Sumner County and Rutherford County, they're all uh, winning state championships and all the Clarksville teams get knocked out really mm-hmm. early, and it's because we don't have that depth of, right. um, mm-hmm. of the program. 
And so, you know, you can start training kids when they're in middle school. By the time they're in high school and varsity, they're they're playing good football. And they can then start to compete at a state level. Mm-hmm. And they'll get training from coaches who know what they need to do to train them instead of very kind, well-meaning dads who are just mm-hmm. devoting their time as volunteers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So there, you have to be hired as a coach, and there's a process, and mm-hmm. you have to be qualified and that sort of thing. So this is – I think we all, we all agree this is a yes, win-win all okay. the way around. Win, I vote yes. I vote yes. Jake? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, okay. Ryan, you didn't vote. Oh, I said, yeah, yeah, okay. this is a yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm a okay. big fan of this. Who's sandbagging? Well, there, there is still some things to overcome with this, though, so um, we'll end with this on this story. Uh, Miller said CMCSS has received money to buy equipment for middle school football in this year's school budget. The next year's budget, he hopes to receive funding for coaching supplements for a head football coach and two assistant coaches, supplements for assistant coaches for the sports they have in place already, and money to hire athletic trainers and assistant athletic director. And there's really actually been some discussions about adding some other middle school athletic programs if the funding is there, including wrestling, track and field, baseball, softball, and soccer. So the sky's the limit as long as the funding's there. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that funding stays there and we can let these kids go play. Yeah, let this be a success and then others will follow. Absolutely. So move on to our final headline. City Council takes up home rule after six-month postponement could change Clarksville government. This is actually huge. I mean, we're talking about changing the city of Clarksville's charter. Um, currently Clarksville operates under a private act charter, which means any changes to the charter have to go through the state legislature. Um, but the city council is proposing an ordinance to put home rule on the upcoming ballot. Basically home rule allows the city to change its charter by referendum, but in order for the charter to go to a home rule, it has to go to referendum. So basically they're going to vote on whether to send this to referendum or not. So, they're going they're voting to give themselves permission to change the city charter not really they're uh, they're voting it, it would be the citizens so if if one of them wanted to propose a so change we would get to vote on the change it would yes it would okay. have to go to referendum i'm good with, anytime the people get to vote i'm good with yes. that so and that, and that's been kind of the uh, trisha butler councilperson trisha butler is the sponsor of this and this is something that's been going on for uh, gosh, over six months. It passed its first reading on June 3rd with an amendment by Brian Zacharias moving the ballot initiative from 2022 to 2024 because they originally wanted to have it on the last ballot. Um, but Zacharias said that that really wasn't enough time to get educated on it. And then the next meeting, it ended up being postponed until March. So now now they're actually going to vote on it and it's either going to happen or not happen as far as going to referendum. Because right now, in order to change our city charter, the state legislature votes on it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, there was really good arguments for and against this. Brian Zacharias brought up some good points um, that the charter would give Clarksville freedom to make its own charter changes, but that it would give up Clarksville's opportunity to be subject to special acts of the state that could be potentially beneficial. So possibly grant dollars or things like that if there was a, a statewide program. Now, with this charter, Clarksville wouldn't be its own government entity, so to speak. It would still have to follow all the general laws and things like that that are already in place. What opportunities have we missed by not being a, the home rule charter? I mean, well, I recall a few years ago, um, back when Wallace Red was on the um, city council, and I want to say McMillan was um, mayor, there was a very long, drawn out um, debate about changing Clarksville's charter to basically clean up a lot of stuff. 
mm-hmm. and also to make some changes that would make things more efficient. And the um, difficulty was every time they wanted to go into it, they'd start this whole charter commission and they make these changes. Then they'd have to wait for the legislature to take up the changes. And then the legislature would send it back and say, no, we want you to do this. So there's a lot of back and forth with the state legislature. Um, this would basically any charter changes we wanted to make would basically just go on the next ballot. And then the people would have a chance. Now, it might be something, some really boring stuff like changing these and thous to you and y'alls or something like right. that. Which but, it has a lot of legal meaning. Um, <laughs> right. But it, it also could be something really important like changing from a um, our current strong mayor system to a um, you know a figurehead mayor with a city administrator or something like that. Or changing the number of city council members. Right yeah. now we have 12. Term limits. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. It could be term limits. It could be, there's all kinds of things we could change. And I mean, um, but, but the state could come down and change that at any time too. So, I mean, yeah. it, I mean, we, we, Clarksville could change it. The state can change it. And city attorney Lance Baker made a good point too. Um, uh, Karen Reynolds, she asked if, w- what other impact this would have on state direction in Clarksville. And she said, if we go to home rule, does that protect us from the ability of the state legislator to come in and direct us because we no longer have their approval? City Attorney Lance Baker said the answer was both yes and no. It's yes because you're given the authority to govern your own self with regard to the charter, he said. The answer is no, though, in the ultimate sense, because the state legislator can always change everything about state law really any time at once. And in fact, the state legislature can absolutely do away with the city of Clarksville if it wanted to. It could just revoke the private act charter. Um, he said that noting the state could also change the home rule law itself if that was desired. So even if Clarksville was to go to home rule, the state could just change what home rule is. Anyway. Because state law supersedes exactly. mm-hmm. city government. So, But there's several other municipalities that already have home rule, right? right I think yep. he said Chattanooga and Knoxville and who uh, else? I, thought, I think Jeffersonville. I feel like that so, was one. So the, the large cities in Tennessee pretty much already have this. Um, we're probably one of the largest cities that doesn't. Memphis, Memphis was the other one. Yeah. I do so not So that makes think... us like the largest city in Tennessee that doesn't have home rule. So you know, um, maybe it's something to look at. I feel like that any time you can give the power to the citizens, it's a good thing. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. You know, like if you get to vote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's pros and cons to that. Oh, I agree oh, with that cause, too. Because in mass, people can sometimes be really stupid. Chris wanted. To, you don't say. Chris wanted to make this the first issue in the in the podcast. We could spend the whole hour on this. I need to do a little bit more research before I say yay or nay, though. I didn't even know what home rule was until I wrote this article, but I did do a lot of research before writing this, and I, I spent I think five hours in my office with the door closed, just going through articles and stuff on on the pros and cons of this, and and a lot of that kind of came to light in the in the meeting as well. But they will be voting on this at their next meeting. So on the next podcast, we will have the result of that. We'll talk about that a little bit more. So if right now the state legislature has to vote to on any change to our charter, so if they vote for this to be home rule, that just means there'll be a referendum. The city, the citizens get to vote yep. for whether we want home rule. So it's not a done deal, even if they say yeah. Right, yeah. So the citizens could still vote it down. Okay. All I tell people is do your research for mm-hmm. you vote. Yep. yep. Your research is not Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I read it on Facebook. It must be true. Right. Yeah. It's on Facebook did not count as research. <laughs> awesome. Well, that pretty much does it. I mean, that's our stories for the week of February 26th leading into March. And then we'll have a couple of follow-ups with some of these coming up on the next podcast. Jake, thanks again. Yeah, thanks for coming, guys. Good to see you, Jake.